Melbourne AA Steps Weekend 2008. This is Jess talking about Step 1. Hi, I'm Jess. I'm an alcoholic. Wow, there's a lot of people here today. <laughs> um, yeah, Step 1. I've been thinking a lot about Step 1 just recently, um, obviously since I was asked to share here today, which is such an honour and a privilege, and thank you for being here. Um, but I, I was, I've been thinking about unmanageability, and um, and I've kind of been experiencing a lot of unmanageability in my life recently. Um, when I first came to AA, I was, um, I think I was about 24, um, and and I I saw that first step, and um, and I immediately identified with the unmanageability. I knew that my life was completely out of control um, when I was drinking. I, I I had been at uni for a number of years and hadn't been able to get my degree because every time every time I was under pressure and every time I got frightened, I drank, and and my academic record was a series of highs and just crashing, you know, crushing defeats basically, and I. And that was kind of my option for life, you know, was if I can't do the best, if I can't get a high distinction, then I'm just going to get pissed and piss off, basically. You know, and, and, and people would say, you know, it's better to just pass than to fail. And I'd be like, what are you talking about? How is that better? <laughs> God, at least if I get drunk, then I can say, well, it wasn't me, it was the alcohol, you know. Left to my own devices, I'm some kind of genius. But, um... You know, with alcohol in me, then you know that's a different story. But um, I, when I saw that unmanageability, I, I knew that 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 was me. I knew that when I drank, I failed uni, I lost jobs, I couldn't be relied on for anything. I wouldn't turn up to work. I, I wouldn't turn up to my own life. Basically, you know, I couldn't be relied on to even remember my best friend's birthday. You know, she'd been my best friend since I was eight years old and I still couldn't remember her birthday. That's the kind of unmanageability um, and the kind of things that you, I guess you generally hear in meetings. You know, I, I crashed my mum's car. I wrote my mum's car off. I, um, I didn't actually lose control of the car. I just passed out at the wheel. I, I passed out drunk and um, I'm very lucky that what I hit was a tree and not a person. Um, and I was very lucky that it was her car and not mine because it had an airbag and that pretty much saved my life. Um, I was sectioned at a mental hospital against my will as a, as a um, danger to myself and others for three days as an involuntary patient. Um, what else did I do? I, uh, after the car accident, I um, absconded from the hospital because um, I, did, you know, I was all right. There was nothing wrong with me. I had a couple of scratches, but you know, somebody else might need the bed, and I, I, you know, I had some more drinking to do. Um, so I, I grabbed my little kit bag and, and managed to catch a bus into the city, break into my father's house where I knew no one would be home, and help myself to his liquor stash, basically, and kept drinking until I got dragged out from under the bed by my mother, kicking and screaming like a three-year-old, and that, that's when I got sectioned. Yep. Um, what else did I do? It, uh, I, I, I did a geographical. I didn't realise what that was at the time. Um, 
but looking back, I, I moved. I grew up in Adelaide, and I moved to Melbourne, and uh, I moved in with that best friend whose birthday I couldn't remember, and pretty much proceeded to destroy that relationship. Um, you know, she had been my best friend since grade three in primary school, and um, and I remember that one of the few times that she actually sort of said something about my drinking, and I was. I was really defensive and just so angry with her. You know, how dare she, you know, how dare she try to come between me and my drinking, basically. You know, I was doing the best I could. I told her when I moved in with her that she was moving in with someone who, you know, might have had some kind of issue with drinking. You know, she was warned. Who is she to get on my back, you know? You knew you were moving in with a drinker. Um, but um, it took, it took a long, a lot of series of kind of realising how unmanageable my life was until I was willing to do something about it and I I just remember one evening and I don't know where it came from and, I, and the only place I can think of is you know my higher power but something said to me you're an alcoholic Jess and and I didn't really know what to do about that but I'd heard of this thing called Alcoholics Anonymous I think I saw it on telly and I thought Okay, I'll give it a go. I tried shrinks, I tried counsellors, drug and alcohol counsellors, psychologists, you know, uh, all kinds of different therapies and tonics and, you know, the, the light beer, the, you know, only drinking once a week, all the stuff that we do and none of it worked. Um, so I rang up Alcoholics Anonymous and I said, you know, I think I, think I might be an alcoholic. And the guy told me where a meeting was and, and he told me a little bit about the fellowship and he said, you know, basically that that for him, he he couldn't rely on his behaviour if he picked up a drink and so he chose not to drink anymore. And I was like, does that mean I can't ever drink again, ever? And he's like, well, maybe not for you, but for me. <laughs> and I was and, um, and bless him for saying that because I don't think I would have made it if he told me I couldn't drink again. Um, so I, I went to a meeting and I, I identified immediately. I, I went to a meeting that had a lot of older members and a lot of male members, and I walked in and went, you know, I'm not, I'm not one of these people. I don't know who these people are, but this isn't me. And I, I sat down and, um, and a lady said to me, oh, are you here to, um, as an observer, dear? And I was like, no. <laughs> and she's. And I was like, I totally don't fit here. And as soon as, as soon as I heard people speak, I identified, and it was it was one of the most amazing experiences of my life. Just getting that wash over me. Oh my God, I am one of these people. You know, how how does this old man know my story? You know, he knew how I felt. He'd done the same things that I had done, and he'd done them for the same reasons that I'd done them, which was primarily fear. You know that that. That's what I was running on. That's what I still run on when days get rough, you know. And um, but I, I didn't get the first part of the step. You know, I knew that there was a problem, and I knew that alcohol was in there somewhere. But I just didn't understand the powerlessness. And um, and it wasn't until a few years later I left. You know, after that night, I, I went to a few meetings and I left. I wasn't ready, um, so I drank a bit longer until things got a lot uglier and um, it got to the point where every time I picked up a drink I also picked up a razor blade and took it to my 
to my wrists because that's how much I hated myself. I just hated who I was when I drank. And I hated who I was when I wasn't drunk, you know, and that's why I had to keep drinking. And it was, it was then that I guess I really got the understanding of what the powerlessness is. If I can't drink in safety and I can't not drink in safety, then I'm powerless. You know, I got nothing. If I can't stop drinking when I pick one up, but I can't keep myself from picking up a drink, that's when I got the first part of the step and that's when I got the willingness to to look at the other steps and to get a sponsor and a home group and all the other things that were suggested to me the first time around that I wasn't quite ready to hear. Um, and I guess I always thought that, you know, that my life had become unmanageable because of the alcohol. And, um, you know, three and a half years along in this fellowship, it's actually finally occurred to me that maybe there was something in me that was unmanageable and that maybe that unmanageability is what led me to the alcohol rather than the other way around. Um, I'm not stupid, but I can be a really slow learner. Um, but I, I, I can see that now. I, I can see it. It's right in my face at the moment, actually. Um, so it's kind of ironic to be asked to share on it today. Um, turns out I, I actually didn't have that many skills for living. It turns out that I didn't really know how to be in the world without alcohol and without without the, the, the highs and the, the crushing lows. And, um, and that's what I'm learning today, you know, going through the rest of the steps and looking at my defects of character with my sponsor. I learnt a lot of things about myself that I didn't know were there. I didn't understand about the ego and the low self-esteem, but I see that in just about everything I do today, you know. Is that, you know, I am a genius, but I'm also the dumbest person on the planet, you know, and, and I can swing between those two extremes every five minutes. You know, I'm, I'm currently doing my honours year at uni, and um, my God, I'm just having every one of my buttons push, and it is exhausting, um, which is why I'm probably sounding a bit snotty today, because I've got the flu, because um, it's been a big week. But, you know, the thing that I can come back to is this fellowship and my sponsor, you know, and, and the members of this fellowship. I've had people grab me by the hand and take me to meetings every day before I had a big um, presentation at uni and just to take care of me and tell me that I'm not the smartest person in the world and I'm also not the stupidest person in the world and that both of those things are okay. and. Um, and that's just me learning how to manage in my own skin, in the world, without alcohol, without running from things, without fighting them, and just learning to accept myself as being okay as I am. Not super smart, not getting distinctions, but not failing either, just being average, you know? I never thought it would be a blessing to be able to say that I'm learning to be okay to be average. I'm not very comfortable with average. Um, and I know that I hear that a lot from other alcoholics. We're, um, we're a pretty deluded bunch in a lot of ways. <laughs> I don't know about you guys, but I know I am. Um, and, and I guess, yeah, I guess it's a lifetime journey of learning how to manage those things. 
I thought um, I had a pretty pretty easy ride for the first three years, I gotta say. God kind of really, I don't know, I think he knew that I was a little bit fragile and he was just like, you know, this is going to be okay. We'll give you some success in your personal life. We'll give you some success in your career. You'll be fine. Just keep coming back. And I did. And I was like, you know, this variety thing's pretty shit hot. I, I think I can deal with this. You know, this is pretty cool. Um, but things have kind of changed this year. And I think, you know, the honeymoon is over. And, and the real, the really hard work is just starting. And um, and I sat down with my sponsor and I I just cried. You know, I was like, I just can't do this. I've, I've never been in this much terror, you know. And, and then I thought, no, actually, I have been in this much terror. But it was a long time ago. It was about three years ago. And it was about the time that I you know, couldn't stop drinking. And I thought that that terror had gone, but it, it hadn't, um, because it's one of my defects of character. And when we opened the book of my steps work and read back, and there it was, all the things that I'm going through right now were written there in black and white. You know, people pleasing, perfectionism, blah, 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 all there, you know? And it was like, oh. But, but I asked God to remove those. Aren't they gone? You know, and um, it, it's finally occurred to me also that maybe God doesn't just Alexam. Um, you know, it's actually about me working on those things, and that maybe being in the situation that I'm in at the moment is God giving me the answer to my prayers. You know, here's an opportunity for you to learn how to let go of those defects, and um, yeah, be careful what you pray for. <laughs> um, so. Yeah, I guess for me, if you know, three and a half years on, I, I am revisiting the first step in a in a really fundamental way, and um, and I yeah, I actually saw a homeless guy as I was walking here this morning um, at the station, and I remember when I was drinking, I lived in Richmond, and there was a lot of kind of homeless um, people that clearly had addiction problems. And I remember I used to give them money when I had it because I would look into their eyes and I could see that powerlessness. I could see how badly they needed a drink and I just, I felt that, man. I was like, you know, here's a buck. I hope you, you know, you get what you need because I know what that feels like and that's not fun. Um, and it also occurred to me that really the only difference between those people and myself was not anything to do with me. It was the fact that I was lucky enough to have people that loved me and to take care of me when I couldn't take care of myself and to keep a roof over my head and to, you know, to give me the things I needed because pretty much left to my own devices, I think that's where I would be, you know, that's where I would have been at that point. And, and um, and I, I still feel that today, you know, I still know that I'm really no different to that person, that without this program, without the people in this program to hold my hand, without God to hold my hand and walk me through the stuff that I have to go through to face the unmanageability of what is in here, you know, that... I could, I would be on the street, and I would be drunk, and I would be running from myself and my life and the fear that's there. And um, 
and thank God, you know, and thanks God. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm really having to rely on God a lot at the moment, and um, and that's not something I've had to do so far either. And um, that's a really exciting new thing. It's kind of scary too, but you know, it's it's nice to know that I don't just have to rely on the steps and I don't just have to rely on the people and I don't just have to rely on me because I can be very unreliable. Um, I, I have a higher power that I can ask and I do frequently, particularly over the last two weeks, to take me by the hand and walk with me when I need to, whenever I need to, every 30 seconds at times, you know, and and that is what gets me through the unmanageability of my own head. And um, yeah, so I think that's about all I have to say. Thank you very much for letting me share today. Information about the annual Melbourne AA Steps Weekend is available from www.stepsweekend.aagroup.org.au Thanks for letting us share.